time, two time for the cha-cha gang. Uh, give me the cha-cha gang. Rockin' with the best, cha-cha gang. Uh, give me the cha-cha gang. Uh, I like it, I want cha-cha gang. Uh, give me the cha-cha gang. Watching my bro, the cha-cha gang. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and members of the cha-cha nation. Welcome to another episode of the Chacha Let's Talk Music series on the Chacha Music Review Podcast, which is being brought to you by Absolute Tab Media. My name is Afis Tonova, aka your musical blog creator of the Energy Force. I know I get to do it here now. I get to bring interesting guests and we get to talk about everything and anything that is music related. And without wasting much of your time, let me allow my guest to introduce himself. Hi guys, my name is Mutolani Alake. I am an editor at Pulse Nigeria. I'm a journalist. Um, I'm a lawyer. Um, I also handle partnerships and I head the por- um, podcast network at Pulse Nigeria. Um, I'm a music lover, in case you were wondering. I just love music. That's basically who I am. Thank you very much for having me here, please. Uh, thank you very much for being here, Mutolani. What we are going to be saying here is just going to be fact only and your emotion might get hurt. So, Biko, don't say I did not give you money before we get started. Um, please let them listen. Please listen. I like when, you're, when, you're, when your emotions are hot and you come to my tear, to my to my DMs and my measures to cry. It gives me great joy. Because I know that you are ignorant. I know that they are ignorant. So I like when making them cry in their ignorance. It gives me joy. I'm sorry. All right, no problem. Everybody can listen. But just remember, it's going to be fact only here on the Jaja Let's Talk music series. All right, let, without wasting much time, let's go into it. Uh, we'll be talking about the Nigerian music industry, you know, and um, how am I going to put it now? And seeking international validation. Why is it so important that, most especially in recent years, about four or five years, the Nigerian music scene is seeking so much international validation? Why is that important mm. to our music? It's not a thing that started over the last few years. Yes. This is not the first time that Nigerian artists have been to the world, quote unquote, whatever the world means. Um, everybody says the world now to encapsulate the reality of anything that's not Africa, especially Europe and the Americas. I don't think anybody's talking about Asia when they're talking about the world. It would be Asia, another huge market that someone should be thinking about entering. So yeah, Nigerian artists have always been signed to foreign record labels, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, so yeah, the, the big chief of falls in, in 81 or 82, after Bomali died, Island Records, if I'm not mistaken, um, tried to make Sonyade, like Bomali died, they tried to make Sonyade his replacement on that label as the flagship artist from third world countries, like, but it didn't work out. Still, released two fantastic albums back to back, got placements on Billboard 200, got Grammy nominations with Udru in the 90s and all that. But by the 90s, military happened, a lot of things happened, and Nigerian record labels have to, I mean, for the majors have to act to leave Nigeria because it wasn't friendly anymore, it wasn't conducive anymore, everything was fucked up. But at the same time, around that time, say when the lectures were annulled in 93, around the time, America was also witnessing like a renaissance in their pop culture. Like 60s, 70s, 40s, 50s, 60s, where that was the era of rock and roll, the boom of rock and roll. Funk had some things to do in that era as well. We had um, jazz doing some things at the time as well. But by the 70s and the 80s, Things are started on plantation as um, what do you call it as your African press singers on plantations. You know what press singers are? So press singers are the guys that go, oh, can you go, can you go, can you go? So that seems to be the origin of hip hop. 
So by the 90s, early 90s, you had three albums or four albums drop back to back. You had Eumatic Drop, you had the Chronic Drop by Dr. Dre, you had Snoop's debut album Drop. So those three albums just changed a lot of things. Not just those albums, but in terms of commercial success, yeah. those albums changed a lot of things for hip hop. But around, uh, then, around the time, so R&B started to come up as well. So hip hop and R&B started, had their eras in the 90s. But by the time we get a like, you know, people, genres have their eras and they sort of lapse, like genres lapse, especially in America. So around 98, you had the first wave of like Caribbean music break through the American, through the American mainstream, like people like refugees jumping on Caribbean music to do things. And you had people like Carlos Santana, Gloria Estefan, like from Latin America, having incredible runs in America. But before we get to that, let's even talk about the fact that America is a land of, it's a multicultural hub where a lot of things overlap to create what they know as pop culture. So America is built to feed, to, to feed on things. So let's go back to where we were in the late 90s. In the late 90s, um, hip hop, I mean, Latin pop and dancehall had their run. But by the early 2000s, that was where everything just exploded. Hip hop and R&B were still blowing up, but reggaeton and dancehall music exploded in the early 90s. Like you had all this, that, um, that Yankee, um, Yankee. all these other people, Sean Paul, all of these people exploded. Shakira as well. Mm-hmm. Even though Shakira's greatest success came in like 2005, 2006. So, Latin pop and dancehall had their era. Then in our, around 2006, you had K-pop. America tried to feed on K-pop for the first time. So people like Teriyaki Boys, a lot of other bands tried to jump over into, they tried to bring them into America, but it was way harder at the time to do. So America's, then in the late 90s as well, American pop music, like people like Britney Spears, Celine Dion, like in America, pop music, like Pop music also blew up. I think Britney Spears' debut album sold about 25 million copies, which is crazy. So, but that sound elapsed and then it came back around the late 2000s as something different. So, the sound that you get is something that Red One created with Lady Gaga, infused with Eastern European dance music. So, if you hear a song like On the Floor by Jennifer Lopez, it sounds very Eastern European. Produced by Red One. It's crazy, right? So yes. all they did is they did that. It started European music, then early 2000s, I mean early 2010s, dance or um, um K-pop made a huge splash with um Gangnam Style, right? And then Latin pop music came back with the era of the Despacito. So it's basically it was clear that Africa was the only place that these guys had been touched. They have touched Asia, they have touched Australia. They touched everywhere. Africa was just the only way, and they had to make it. And it wasn't their fault because Africa was dysfunctional. So it's, if you are taking African artists out of Africa, how can you monetize them back at home? So, but now it's easier to try to break African artists stateside because you know that you are going to be making some money here, not just because you are trying to make money outside. Because internet penetration is increasing, things are getting better. It's still not the best, but things are getting better. So it makes sense that Africa is doing better. It's a lot of factors. All right. So, um, like you rightly said. I like how the fact you went back to the 90s because, um, like you already said, a lot of people, especially, you know, on Twitter Nigeria, they come and say, oh, Afrobeat to the world, you know, Nigerian to the world, as if this thing just started with this new crop of, uh, you know, generation. And like you already said, we've had the likes of Sonia Ade that have, you know, gone global, even the likes of, um, what is called the Nicola Koko, to talk about Barista, you know, those, a lot of free artists back then went international. So uh, now, my question is this, 
why is it that these days when let's say a foreign artist decides to you know probably vibe on a nigerian music we all go like oh yeah like we see it as if okay if this foreign artist or any foreign artist has not vibe or connect with your music then what you've done is not huge or what you've done doesn't make sense why do we have to always think in that line i don't think that's actually how people think i think nigerians are actually very very ignorantly obsessed with ownership so yeah it's not like they're excited about other artists document afghanism they actually don't want other um, american canadian european artists to jump on Africanism, they don't want, they actually don't. Look at what happened when just remember, when you remember my tweet that I tweeted that yeah. you have this window to drop an SSRX. Look at what happened. Okay. Because that is just a reasonable thing. The people that vibe to Africa, African music, when it crosses over to like the UK is a different, Europe is a different ballgame mentality. Do you know why? Exactly. Ask me why. Why? Because there's a huge population of Af- of Africans, first and second generation, that have a strong identity and a strong resonance, resonance with their African roots in Europe. It's always okay. been like that. So in the early 2000s, for example, you had a song like Premier Gao, like Premier Gao charted in mainstream Europe as early as 2001, The same thing with Agulio Longomba. Like Premier Gao was released in 1999, right? These guys were charting high. The reason is because people in in France, in the UK, in Holland, Germany, Netherlands, like you see a stronger base of Africans. That's why African music broke through in Europe way before, far before it broke, broke through in the US. Because America is 60 something, about, I think around 60 something percent of America is white people. People, black people in America are less than 20%. I think they're even less than 15% as of last time I checked. It's, it is low. That's why Latin pop can break through faster because the, the Latin Americans, they outnumber black people in America. That's why it took till now for hip hop to become the number, outright number one genre in America. America. It took it till now. And why did it take till now? Because, bro, the guys that are vibing to that song, uh, to, to, because those songs have fi- found a way to incorporate elements of rock music. So those yes. records are the new emo. That's why those records are breaking through. So it's easy for white people to be able to, re- to relate to them. So it brings me back to the convention around Africa. If your record is blowing up, bro, Whiskey is not huge in America. I, I need Nigerians to, Nigerians to understand that. Burner Boy is not huge in America. Not yet. Like, they are not Drake huge. Drake is seven to one. They are not Lil Baby huge. Mon- they can't pull money back Joe's number in America. It's not a slight. It's just the reality. It's not their country. So if those guys are going to do anything, they have to jump on the back of somebody. Like Essence itself. Look at the marketing that went into Essence. Look exactly. at the people that were jumping on Essence. Do you realize the, cal- the caliber of people that, are, that were jumping on Essence? That's uh-huh. a, a marketing strategy that you wanted to use co-signs to promote the song by itself. So if you are seeing Kalidella vibe to this song, you are seeing Sawiti vibe to this song, you are seeing Kevin Hart talk about it, you are seeing these people dance to it, you will be forced to listen. It's basic influencer marketing. It's like advertising. You are seeing it so they are advertising it in your face you are going to be forced to go listen to it because the song is also a fantastic record so it appeals to you they put it in your face appeals to you then when the song finally cracks it like said, which is an incredible achievement to get to number 54 by yourself bro if there was no justin brown that record it's not going to top 20 at all it's not going to happen because justin Bieber comes with the weight of a superstar who I mean, has white, an established white american listenership 
Yeah, yeah. Presently, he's even the most listened, um, you know, uh, pop artist in uh, on Spotify right now. If you can't appeal to white, if you can't appeal to white America, your record is not going to get to top twenty. If your record gets to top twenty, it means it has sparked white America. That's what it means. Yeah. That means white America is listening because black people can't alone might not be able to push a song to top twenty. It's not. It's it's hard. Why the people that if you want to make this in America? And you want to be a superstar in America, you need white people to listen. And for white people to listen, you need someone with the with the establishment of white people. And it's not even just a Nigerian thing, it's not just an American thing alone. Look at when Cardi B wants us to blow up in Latin America with a like it. Who did she put on the record? Jay Balvin and fucking Bad Bunny. If Drake wants to make an Afrobeat record now, that wants to and wants to blow here, who is he going to put on the record? When then Just Neighbor wanted to make a record and um, wanted to make SM pitches remix, who did they put on it? Omale and Alpha P. It's, it's, it's simple reasoning. You are going to their country, you need them on your records. That is that is definitely true. It's simple. And if you don't, if you see that you want to be, if you say you want to blow up in America, you don't want to blow up. If you want to blow up, you need to accept the realities. It's not your fatherland. But people also need to understand something. They are in the music business, not music fantasy, not music stanship on Twitter. So they need to shut the fuck up and listen first. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. These guys are signed to foreign record labels, bro. Record labels want to make money. And they know that if they can find a way to squeeze up bridge through the door, there's a hell of a lot of money that we can make, both there and even here for ourselves. If we're able to, man- to maximize it properly and be- I use-, use this wave to build an industry down here, all the majors are back here now for the first time since the 90s. All of them, they are back here now. Yeah, they are. So it shows you that, it shows you that capitalism is in full flow. Um, if you are RCA Records, bro, do you think you have a record like Essence on your on your hands? Do you think you'll be satisfied with number fifty four because you want you don't want to? Oh, we don't want them to jump on African music. Oh no no no! no. Let's leave the music there. No, we don't want them to leave it there. You, All right. Do you know the amount of money that they will make with, with just never on the on the song? Yeah, definitely. All right. So um, now let's talk about you know the music itself now because we basically talking about you know the business side and what it does to get your music you know into the American market. Like Riley said, yeah. for you to actually break into the American market, you need that standard American artist. I mean, the likes of the band have tried, the likes of Tobias have tried, and they've been able. Let me say succeed to a little extent, but the likes of Risky has now, you know, taking it much more further. And those coming have, have to bank and capitalize. Oh, absolutely. Now, now, the question is: let's leave the business side alone now and let's talk about the music itself, the content of the music itself. How does it affect you know those coming ahead? Because right now, the way it is in Nigeria, or the way it might, let me use that word, quote unquote, might be in Nigeria right now is like. Every artist that might be releasing a song might be thinking, I want this song to go international. I want this song to get nominated for the Grammys. What do, does that take anything away from the originality of our sound? I think it does, right? But to that conversation, there, there are two sides. On the positive side, you have to understand that when you create a sound, you can't own a sound. You can't own art. You can't own a genre. Because yeah. music and art, art will go wherever it Wants to go without you touching, and the internet has sort of created this level playing ground on 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 earth right now, where something plays in Nigeria might be in Fiji next day. Chikis Morning was the number one song in Fiji. Did anybody see that coming? No, bro. Fiji. So what we are thinking about is 
Afro pop, as you know, it's now is going to change. Like artists, people are going to reimagine it. Look at what has happened over the years. The genres that America has, the genres that they have touched over the years. Dance hall is not what dance hall is anymore. Bashment is not what bashment is anymore. K-pop is not what K-pop is anymore. It's also a thing of you have to tweak it in a way to make certain audiences be able to relate to it. Like for example, dance and, and Afrobeat are very similar, but the difference is that the percussion on, on Afrobeat is more aggressive and it's more um, dense. It's, it's denser than on that than on dance or records. So if you are going to make an African record blowing in the Caribbean, it might be hard to get a record like Naimali's coming. To blow in the yeah. Caribbean over Davido's whiskey because that record is more tailored to the audience. So if those guys are going to want to make jump on Afro pop, for example, they might they will tweak it a bit in the way that will suit the audience. The same thing for people in like other parts of the world. So I don't think it's a problem that people are going to reimagine and repurpose the sound. I just want anybody that's going to jump on the sound to go and give it and to not go and engage in Mongo backing and say that they created the sound. We did not create anything. This. Africa, it's, Africa is the origin of that. That's the only thing I don't. I, I want to. I will have a problem with. If someone goes tomorrow and uses I am elements of Afro pop to 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 create is something that sounds different and saying I created no bro shut the fuck up you didn't create nothing that Americans can do that they can really do that and I, I don't that's that's the only thing I don't want to see on the negative that that's and that's one of the things on the negative side um but at the end of the day at the end of the day the positivity falls with the, the negativity because the world is a global village you can't keep a leash or keep a lead on what something is going to do. What my, what I just want us to do, to be mindful of is this, we shouldn't spit down on the things that are our own because America is paying attention to us right now. That's the only thing I don't want us to do. The Grammys are the most desirable award in the world. Easy, Definitely. Right? But look, and at the end of the day, Afrobeat is going to get a grand category. But at the end, but when, when push comes to show, bro, it's probably going to be four categories all in all. We need to create an African award as well. Latin Americans have a, a Latin pop category. They have a Latin pop category. Um, Caribbean people have a dance, reggae dance category. We need to create an African music award and we need to respect our own things. Because guess what? At the end of the day, this is a phase for America. Within five years, we don't know what America is going to be on. We don't Definitely. know. Definitely. And we, need to, we need to use it to build our own industry. Iron out the issues here, put our heads together, get funding in and find a way to build structures that can stand the test of time in 50 years. So we can have something to show for this. It's not just that we have some masses blow up and have and had number one singles. It's very important. So uh, you've mentioned about, you know, building our own industry, and that is where, you know, my next um, question is going to come from. Now, with this, you know, huge impact that, um, quote-unquote, Afrobeat to the world is making in the Nigerian music industry, because in a way, whether we like it or not, we've seen a lot of talent come out, and the talent we are seeing these days, it's crazy, just, you know, just to yes. put it that way, just to put it that way. Now, how do you feel that we can actually, you know, take this advantage and make sure that, okay, in the next 10 years, the Nigerian music industry is probably going to be, you know, standing side by side, you know, with the American music industry, if not side by side, but at least when they are looking at the top major music industry in the world, you probably find Nigeria in the top five somewhere. How do we, from where we are now, what are those steps, and who are who should be responsible for taking those steps to the next step? Um, so here's the harsh reality about this thing. First things first, I don't think America will ever be displaced as like the most desirable music hub in the world. I, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Look at it this way: um, the UK has like a fan. 
fantastic music industry. They have certification, they have royalties, they have laws that are working, they have, if you, if your song is playing on radio, the radio station is going to be paying you all of that shit. The same thing in Asia, the same thing in Australia. But guess what? All the people that blew up in all of these countries still want to blow up in America. So if, yes. even if our industry is fantastic today, people are still want to go, people are still going to want to go and blow up outside, outside Africa because it's it's spreading your wings and opening yourself up to make more money, right? But on the other side, the things that we need to do is, I was talking to um, this lawyer, she works for Unoka Associates. Um, I can't remember her name, shout out to her. She's, she's from a fantastic family of lawyers. Um, she, last year, in a suit in the published interview, she was telling me that, and shout out to Fools as well, um, what I want to panel with What we need to do is, we need is a, a panel of informed people about the industry. Right now, the people that we have speaking for the industry don't know fuck all about this, this industry. I'm not just talking about the music industry, I'm talking the entertainment industry as, as a whole, right? Okay. We have a lot of mouthpieces who don't know what the fuck they're doing. So number one, we have a legal problem. Our, our copyright law are fucked. Our copyright laws are fucked. I'm a lawyer, I know. Our karma is fucked. Right, some of these laws are so are so backward that if you are in the know, you your mind will be blown about how recidivist they are. They are. So that's the number one thing. When we get that panel together, the panel can then look at some of this. So let there be lawyers, people from different parts of the industry. Um, I was talking to Aldi McQuarrie last year. He told me that um, Charles PD that PD Picasso tried to create a pyramid. We try to create a pyramid of a working industry where like every stakeholder in the industry has like it's going to be an entire body so the body is going to be administering things like awards laws collecting bodies um collective bargaining organizations charting certifications all of these things you get so until we are able to stop the bickering to make all these things come together they are never going to happen because right now everybody's just looking out for themselves. And I don't blame them. Dollar is 500 and what now? Dollar is really expensive. To buy a car in Nigeria now, Nawala, self-interest has sort of risen because of the state the economic system of the country. But at the same time, if we keep postponing and say, I keep saying that the country is buying, let's keep buying for, buying for ourselves. We are never going to sit down to solve the problems the country confronts. But guess, get it this way. Like the rapper AQ always says, say something that there's an industry in Nigeria. It's just, it just doesn't have the proper structure. So the only thing that we just need to do is we need to have a structure that works. Bro, we have uh, collecting bodies. They're just not as functional as, as possible. And guess what? Some of the artists don't even know their rights. So it's, 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 it's an entire dysfunctional industry that can be solved by creating a body that can function. And from there, the body can tackle the problems one by one. Within five years, we can be a fantastic industry. That's up and running. Trust me. All right, within five years, you can be a fantastic industry that is up and running. Now, when you were talking the other time, you mentioned something, you know, about the Grammy and the categories of the Grammy. And I'm going to ask you two questions based on that. Because these days, you know, at times on my um, Twitter feed, I used to see some people, it seems like if you are a Nigerian artist, let me just use, let's say you are like a David and um, let's say like an Olamide, for example, and you've not you know gotten a grammy nomination some people somewhere still see you like oh you've not caught it like you don't deserve quote unquote the legend you know status or your music has not you know is not enough yet you need to do more now the first question is this does getting a grammy nomination does it um take anything away 
from a Nigerian artist. That's number one. Then number two, how important is getting or even winning a Grammy to the Nigerian music industry? Those are two fantastic questions. Number one question, I'll tackle it in, in this. I'll tackle it this way. Getting a Grammy is definitely another feather to anybody's business. Just like having a successful videos that, that others might not be able to create. It's a milestone. Like, let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, the Grammy is. Award is the most desirable music award in the world, right? It is. Clear and simple. Because America is the most desirable cultural hub in the world. Just like Nigeria is the most desirable cultural hub in Africa. It's just how the world works. However, it is simply ignorant to place the owners of someone's greatness on the Grammy that they have won. Like, okay, look, let me give you an example. So, um, do you watch the NBA? Not really. Okay, so the rules in the NBA in the 90s is different, is different from the rules like from like 2016 now. Then you could push people, like there was something that the Detroit Pistons used to have they used to call it the Jordan rules. So anytime, like the rules were that anytime the Detroit Pistons were playing Michael Jordan, just don't, like, just don't let him jump. Before he jumps, they will kick out, they will punch, anything goes. But right now, the rules have become softer. So... In term, the same thing goes for a Grammy. To get if for if you are a whisk, if you are from in the generation of whiskey, they will be boy or Lamidate to a savage. There's a big better chance to win a Grammy now because of the era that they grew into. The era that they, the band and two face grew into, American music industry was not as ready for them as it is ready, as was ready for the whiskey when they were coming. And even the whiskey said this is whiskey's second moon in American music. The first one did not go down well. If, if everybody remembers correctly, right? And even at that, a lot of these guys have to be signed to labels to be able to even get a chance because labels do two things. Number one, labels have the financial muscle to push your records to the place where your records can get the nomination, right? They have the money to give you the branding and the type of marketing you need. That's one. Number two, they also have incredible influence within the Grammy committee. The Grammy committee itself, they're like about 8,000 members that like they nominate, the prim, they go into the preliminary rounds. But then there's another round. So those ones create a list of like 20, 20 songs or albums category. Then there's a small circle of people that cut it down to five or six or eight as it was two years ago, right? Those guys are made up of industry people, record labels, execs, record label execs, industry people, A&Rs, like giants of, of global music. Those are the ones that are there. So if you are not signed to a foreign record label, it's going to, it's not impossible, but it's going to be very, very, very hard for you to break through that category. You get what I mean? It's I going do. to be very hard. There's context to the argument of, you see that you have an argument of a Grammy or you don't have a Grammy. If that, there's context to it. The only reason we are talking about, if the only reason we are, talk, uh, we are talking about a Grammy for me in Lagos now is because of Essence. If Essence had an approach, bro, that's the, the, the Grammy for me in Lagos might not be feasible. Trust me. Okay. The commercial success of Essence changed everything in favor of Made in Lagos. Like, the, like it made it made it made it, seem, it made it to the point to the point where you can't avoid the album. So, like, I was talking to the um, former head of global music category at the Grammys recently. Um, and we had about a three-hour conversation. as a great friend of mine, and bro, it's made up of predominantly white white people. And someone who is, I was out, someone who is a former member of the academy told me recently that those guys are so particular that the, the idea of, of what African music represents is not what contemporary African music is. So that's why you see Bonaboy making a record like Wonderful. 
That's why you see him making an album like twice as tall that neglected Nigerian commercial success. He wanted to win the Grammy and he knew what he had to do. But so that's why any, when, uh, when me, a person like me saying made in Lagos as it was before essence might not win a Grammy. It was because, bro, the people in the academy are looking at that. They, they, were, they are probably because they are white people. They probably would have not gotten to it if it not, wasn't for essence. They probably would have never listened to that album. These guys only listen to things in their home. They only want to listen to country music and music from Nashville. Bro, so because of Essence right now, and because, and guess why Essence is here? The incredible marketing behind Essence, bro. So the success has not pushed people to listen to this song from the song that they then go to listen to the album. That's what we are saying now. It's not even just about a Grammy for the global music category for Essence anymore. There is a chance if um, Essence cracks like top 10, there's a chance that, es- that Essence might even get nominated outside the global categories because it's, it's also suits their agenda because they want Afrobeats to succeed. And there's a number of people that will go to listen to Afrobeats records if, if Afrobeats gets a nomination in the major categories, even if it's about contemporary or like the major four. So back to the conversation of the Grammy now. You can't then say because Olamide doesn't have a Grammy, his career is smaller. The people that make those conversations are stars. They are stupid people. They don't, they don't do anything. They are stupid people. They are not, they are not the people that, they, they, are, they don't have the opinions that you should be holding water. They don't even know what the fuck is going on. The only thing that is on their head, they are young guys. See, in five years, a lot of them, some of the arguments they're having now, we were there now. Do you want to see my old tweets? In five years, they will regret some of the conversations that they're having now. When they have jobs and, they, and some of them are getting, they have gotten married and they, have, and they are making money. Like when they start making good money in their lives, a lot of them, they are kids. They don't know what, so they, right now, they're only mirroring their lives to the lives of celebrities. So the only thing that, they, they think the only way to make their faves bigger is by shitting on other people. So with, if, yeah, if you want to shit on a Davido, for example, bro, Davido had a fall, an entire run with fall. You can't say he, he has not done anything. Yes, when we are having a conversation at the end of their careers about greatness, if Whiskey wins a Grammy and Bonaboy wins a Grammy and Davido doesn't win a Grammy, we are going to count those things as plus points. You know what I mean? But if, yeah. those, if the other guys don't end up winning the Grammy, it's not the end of the world. There's also context to the arguments as to why they couldn't have won. And with the success of Essence right now, there's a chance that all of these guys are going to have billboard hits very soon. Because Bonaboy will sign to Warner, David O will sign to Sony, Siwa Savage will sign to, to UMG. All of them, Bonaboy will sign to Columbia, Whiskey will sign to RCA. The two of them are under Sony. Columbia will want David to have a billboard hits. Atlantic will want Bonaboy to have a billboard hits. UMG will want Siwa Savage to have a billboard hits. That's how our industry is going to benefit from this moment. So coming back to your second question, which is, what was the second question again? I think I saw the foremost. How important is getting or even winning a Grammy to the Nigerian music industry? I mean, it does, bro, because um, like the um, example I was giving the other time. So the, the, what SS is going to do now for, for Africa is that it's going to give it more of an identity within the American mainstream. And there's going to be, there, there, was, there wasn't an expectation before with the American mainstream. When I say American mainstream, I know why young white people who listen to trap music, right? Who make trap music go big. Like people that listen to BTS. That means they, they might have an expectation for Af- Africa, Afrobeats. That means there is more money coming indirectly. It means there's more money coming into African music. And like it or not, that's a good thing. And it also means that a lot of labels are going to be invested in getting the next receipt. So a lot of young artists are going to get picked up. And the good thing is also that Lagos, they are going to realize now that we have a lot of talented rappers, drill artists, alternative singers, all of them in Nigeria, 
right? So a lot of over the next 20 to 25 years, some of that like, African artists are going to be playing stateside and not just going to be making a football. And I even think that there's, there's, it's not just Nigerian music, you know, it's African music because we're going to see other genres, other pop, pop dance genres across Africa have their, have their day in American music. So it's a good thing because the energy is going to come back here in terms of like the units, right? The units are like financial gains, but only us can turn this into a successful run in terms of building an industry. If we like, if, if the face of American music is on us, there's a lot of money in Nigeria, not a lot of money, but there's better in, increased amount of money in circulation in African music industry because a lot of foreign companies are coming here and they're pumping money. Right? So that's why the average boy can release an EP and get $5,000, $10,000 or something that he might not have got in his life. So we are the ones that can make sure that these pays are industry long term. If we are mindful of it, someone has to think. Me, I'm trying my best, but at the end of the day, uh, the people, the, the other people that can actually make things happen, are they also interested or are they about their selfish interests? We are, um, I remember very recently when Tonte Butchers, I, I don't want to reveal this, but I'm going to reveal it. I'm going to reveal a part of it. Tonte Butchers was trying, they're getting a chat up in Nigeria. We don't have a chatting system. And you can't believe that some people are trying to tear Tonte Butchers down. You see how stupid we are in this country? Do you see how stupid we are? Like, we don't have a tax system. A bunch of young people are trying to create it. But because you think that you, you might not be able to control it, you are trying to sabotage it. Like, people are useless in this country, in this industry. They are selfish. So, these are the problems. People have selfish interests. And until we fix that, there's going to be problems. This is All right. So, um, you know, on the last question that is going to be, you know, surrounding the Grammys and all that, you know, like you rightly mentioned, you know, Whiskey is onto a foreign label and no doubt, like I rightly told someone earlier on when we were having this conversation about, you know, the Dulux version of Made in Lagos. And I said, for me personally, I feel like the Dulux was because of, you know, the success that Essence was having. And obviously they knew that, you know, making the album seem brand new again would definitely push for a Grammy and all that. And like you rightly mentioned, Bonaboy, Tiwa Savage, all those that are signed to a foreign record label, they will also want their artists, you know, to enter the Billboard 100, whatever chart that is running and point. Now, my question is this, with the so much success that Essence is having at the moment, are you scared or are you worried that there might be a situation whereby every record label will want their artists to create something similar? Oh, I, I, absolutely. It's going to, a lot of people are going to try to copy it. It's not just an, an African thing either. It's just people jump on the successful trend. Yeah, especially if there's another song from another African artist that is slightly in the mode of essence that goes on to succeed on the billboard also it's going to be autom- auto- is going to automatically become a template for a lot of records. Like it's happened across the world, right? When G was making music, everybody wanted to make songs that sound like Terry G. When Zlatan was making street talk, everybody wanted to make street talk. So it's just what it is. It's just the way of life. I'm not, I don't think it's a problem. I think, I think it's just the reality of the music industry. What I just don't want is, I don't want it to create a subconscious fake standard for us in terms of hits so that we don't limit us, ourselves to just one sound. Because let's face it, Essence is an R&B record. It just, it just, it's just, it just has a ball. It's an R&B record. It just has a ball. So if we are, if that's what we are all going to be doing, then it's going to harm us because we're not. It means that we're not going to be experimenting. But I, do, I, I don't doubt that labels will try to recreate 
um, it's, it's sound like it's just, I, I really know that it's going to happen easily. It's going to happen. And a lot of labels are even going to try to, to get um, people that sound like Thames. So people like Faith, um, Tony, Doni, all those um, IRA stars, they, they should be very happy about this. Local labels are going to be on their asses if they're not on their asses already. So it's a good thing, I think. Let's quickly talk. Let's quickly touch on Thames for a little bit. I mean, with the success that she's enjoying from Essence, I don't think in her widest dreams she would have dreamed this success would be this much. But don't you feel like since when that record dropped till now, don't you feel like she has not really done much personally? I mean, I don't think she has probably dropped any singles since then till now. It's just been, you know, riding on the essence success. What about she, you know, capitalizing on it? I said, oh, let me drop a new music. Let me drop a new music video. Something to actually put her as a standalone artist. What do you think about that? So Thames is signed to Thames is Thames is signed to a, to, a, to a major. I'm not allowed to say much at this time. Um, yeah. From what it looks like, it feels like Thames is in development. Okay. So. Right, so there are a bunch of RC, for example, is known for a lot of this. There's a girl called um Jayla Dadin currently who signs to RC. Like Tem, she, she writes and produces our own music, she mixes, engineers our own music herself, like Tem as well. So, like, when Tunji, like, shout out to Tunji Balogun, who is going to become the new CEO of Dev Gen Music, who is a fantastic AR. Um, so it, it likes, it feels like he likes to, like, all, any other AR, even if it's Steven Victor, for example, who is senior VP of AR Universal, they like to create their access and make them like they have to be ready for the market when they're there. Like with the terms, for example, what do you think terms would to do right now? Bro, that's that's a million dollar question. Nobody exactly. can answer that. Nobody can answer that. So it's important that the game is not rushed right now. Let her take her time because what she does next must make sense. If it doesn't make sense, then there might be a problem. That's why terms they can't just release anything. They don't just have to be sure about the sound of the music. They have to be sure about what they want her to look like. They have to be sure about what they want her to wear. They have to be sure about her brand. They have to be sure about the marketing strategy and the audience to market her too. Those are those things are very important. So it's not just about making music. They are not signed to Yahoo Boys record label for Makigi. <laughs> so no, <laughs> like a lot of thoughts goes into like look at the way. Um, have you seen Chloe Bailey? Yeah. You think Chloe Bailey? You see the, the way the way they are branded Chloe Bailey. Like Chloe Bailey's solo career, the rollout of Chloe Bailey's solo career has taken one year, bro. This is started in the middle of lockdown. They they opened a fresh account for her. They created an identity for her. Like you can literally see that there was a board somewhere where they are, they have marked it out. Step one, step two, step three, step four, month one, month two. Like you can see that there's a plan in that thing. I think that's what they're trying to do in terms as well. I'm not saying that they're trying to make her into an artist like Chloe Bailey. I'm saying like a plan like that looks like it has been marked for terms. That's why you're not seeing anything. I have faith that when it finally happens, I think it's going to be really good. I think everybody should just be patient. When they are ready, they should visit. If they are not ready, let them be it, to be honest. All right, so um, let's try to you know round up the conversation with just this last question: the Nigeria music industry. Where do you see it in the next five years? That's that's a million dollar question. That's a million dollar question. What I hope is, I really hope that um, in the, in the next five years, it's not just um, Afro pop artists that are blowing up in the world, quote unquote. I really, I really, I really want the trap and the drill boys and the rappers to also have them. Using the in, in the diaspora, but more importantly, I just want like 
there to be a semblance of a proper structure in Nigerian music industry. It's a, it's a long shot because a lot of people are thinking for themselves. I, I even heard recently that, uh, like, that the government disseminated money for that for the music industry during the lockdown, and a lot of people didn't even know. So those are the things we are facing in the Nigerian music industry. Until those things happen, I hope that we are going to have found where we should we, we might have found the industry at the time. It's just for certain that we will have found it. So we don't help us. All right. Uh, thank you very much, Motolani, for being on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. this. Has been a very, very educative and informative, you know, fact-only episode. Um, on last note, is there any any um on the ground Nigerian artists? Just mention two, just two that you feel we should pay attention to. Just two. Um, I think people should go and listen to the new girls, man. I just I, I can't mention just two. I think the new girls are amazing. And I think the, the people should give them a chance. I'm talking, I can't mention any names because I'm going to be leaving out a lot of names, regardless of how many names I mentioned. But I think people should go and listen to Bruni. I think they should look forward to our album, to our forthcoming album. I think people should pay attention to this girl called Suni. She's still very raw, but she looks like she's going to have a day in the mood. And Arasta's album is fantastic. That album is going to age like fine wine. So I think people should really pay attention to those people. Thank you very much. All right, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Hope we can get to do this another time. All right, man. Thank you very much for having me. Have a nice one. Shout out to your listeners on YouTube. All right. With that, I have come to the end of another episode of the Chacha Let's Talk Music series on the Chacha Music Review Podcast, which is now being brought to you by Absolute Art Media, your number one online media and digital marketing agency. So, like, come here with another episode. My name remains a Peace Tonova, aka your musical blog, creator of the Energy Force. Peace out. Give me the cha cha gang. Uh, give me the cha cha gang. Rockin' with the best, cha cha gang. Uh, give me the cha cha gang. Uh, I like it, I want cha cha gang. Uh, give me the cha cha gang. Uh, give me the cha cha gang.